Hi and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. My name is Jan Rahaupt, I'm your host, and today I got an interview guest for you. His name is Ashish Palawal, and I will introduce him real quick before we get started with this beautiful interview. Ashish Palawal is a producer and DJ born in the US to Indian parents. He was raised on three different continents before settling in New York City and beginning his music career there in his mid-twenties. His sound represents all different cultural backgrounds and he mixes it with electronic beats. Meanwhile, he also gives meditation classes and YouTube tutorials on how to live a more conscious and aware life. Hi and welcome to Pure Happy Healthy. How are you? Hey, what's up? Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I'm um, doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah, we've been trying this for so, so long. And finally, the Corona quarantine gives us the chance to have this interview here. So it also has some positive outcomes, I suppose. Um, yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Totally. Yeah, I, I feel the same exact way. I'm like, desperately trying to find as many silver linings in this situation as possible. And the fact that we get to finally have a chat is definitely one of them. Yeah, so you already uh, were mentioning it a little bit. How do you try to stay positive and optimistic in these times? That's a great question. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's tough. I think just admitting that these are tough times and not um, you know, trying to fool ourselves into thinking that they're not is, is important just to, to keep it real. Um, you know, everybody's struggling and suffering and in different ways and many people in the same way, you know, specifically with the social distancing and just the, the toll that that can take on mental health. Um, so, so I think, I mean, first and foremost, it's definitely tough, but for me, like, I think it's something that I try to remind myself, um, that through my meditation practice and also just in life is, we're never really in that much control um, as we might like to think that we are. And I think in a situation like this, when we really are like just completely not in control, I mean, we're essentially just at the mercy of this thing, um, at least for the time being, and, and there isn't enough data to really understand how long this is going to go on for. Um, it can feel like just a total lack of control, and that can be very uh, uncomfortable to people and very... It can be very uh, displacing to your sense of uh, having control of your life, but I think in normal life, you know, our sense of control is really no no more than than what it is now. Um, and I think that that reminding yourself that ultimately you can only control your responses to situations and not the situations themselves um, is really helpful. And this this is really like um, a, a positive way that I'm trying to spin this situation is. It's a great opportunity for all of us to practice acceptance, practice radical acceptance of what is, and also practice um, ownership over our emotions and ownership over how we want to show up in the face of you know this adversity that we're going through right now. Oh wow, yeah, that's a very very good point, and I that completely resonates with me. I also feel like once we embrace the situation instead of going against it, it becomes much, much easier. And I think we can also apply that on our, let's call it real lives afterwards, that we just yeah, try to let go and uh, 
yeah, try to let go of all the feelings and fears that come up with that whole situation. And once we let go, um, yeah, it becomes much easier and we don't fight against it anymore, but we just go with the flow and then that makes the whole situation more uh, positive and acceptable. Totally. Yeah, I love what you said about like letting things go. I think that's so important, um, especially in a situation like this where it's there's there's like a certain amount of worry and anxiety that I think is useful. The worry and anxiety to protect yourself and take the measures that are needed to protect yourself and your loved ones and, and be smart. Um, but beyond that, I think there everything else is uh, no longer constructive. You know, I think you can worry up to a point, and then after that, um, you just got to kind of like do your best to continue you know, keeping on with their life. And also fear and all that anxiety can actually make us sick and weaken our immune system. So I completely agree that it's so important to just worry up to a degree and take measures uh, to not get sick, obviously, but then let the fear go and embrace your health and embrace positive thoughts again. So you actually stay strong in these times. Yeah, and I think like just to add to that, um, like just being grateful for whatever our situation is. I mean, I think most likely if you're listening to this conversation, you're living in a country that has access to internet and you have, um, you know, access to certain things that a lot of people don't have that are just as basic as being able to listen to, the, to a podcast and to have the time and energy to, to listen to something that's empowering like this. And um, I think just like remembering to be thankful for your situation and to know that there are versions of your situation out there in the world that are worse and those people would you know do anything to trade their situation with yours um that perspective is also really important to keep i think in a time like this oh yeah i love gratitude and yeah it's so important to remember that every single day and yeah talking about meditation and gratitude do you have like a routine also that you practice um, daily in your, let's say, again, real life, but also in the quarantine life at the moment, something like a morning routine or a meditation routine or something that gives you, um, let's call it spiritual um, yeah, practice in your everyday life? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, it's My routine is on one level very set and in other ways it's always changing um, and it's always evolving and transforming as I learn more things and, and pick up more knowledge and information on my, on my spiritual path. But I think to simplify it, the bare essentials that I really try to do every day, um, number one for me is definitely meditation. Uh, meditation is like without a doubt the most important skill that I've learned in my life. And uh, the type of, you know, there's like a million types of meditation out there, and especially now it's becoming very popular, um, which I think is great that you know people are able to access it in so many different ways um for me i have definitely tried like different apps and guided meditations and, and all kinds of different stuff uh where i'm at now is i do 30 minutes of zen meditation every morning like right as i wake up and zen is very uh it's very minimal like it's you pretty much you're just sitting there just paying attention to whatever um comes up for you so in some ways it's It's the simplest practice because there's really nothing to do necessarily. But in other ways, it's very difficult because, um, you know, I think 
the, there, all of us have like this doer inside of us that's like looking for instructions or looking for directions on what to do. And Zen doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really give you that. So um, that's really, really important for me. It's kind of my way of just checking in the first thing I, in the morning when I wake up with how am I feeling, like what is coming up for me. I, I learn a lot from the thoughts and emotions that bubble up for me during those 30 minutes every morning. And they tell me a lot about like what's going on with my life and what, what I should be prioritizing for that day. Um, so that's the first thing I do. And then after the meditation, I do a short 11 minute Wim Hof breathwork sequence. So I'm sure um, some people are familiar with Wim Hof, but basically he's a Scandinavian guy who um, has set a bunch of world records for controlling different parts of his physiology. And he has this really powerful breathwork routine that just oxidizes your whole body and kind of gets you like woken up in the morning. So I do that. Um, and then usually I, I do some sort of, um, oh, before I, before the exercise, I also have a journal where basically every morning I write down four sentences. Um, and the four sentences are something that I forgive myself for something that I'm grateful for something that I'm proud of myself for and something that I would like to surrender for that day. Um, and this, this sequence of like writing these four sentences has been super, super powerful for me. Um, because I, I used to do like a gratitude practice and, um, then I stopped for a while and I noticed the effects of like stopping. I, I just noticed myself like taking more things for granted and not being as conscious about, making sure that I'm grateful every day for something. Um, and I think adding those other three things, the forgiving myself um, was really powerful because I tend to be very hard on myself in many ways. So just allowing myself to, um, to forgive myself for things that I'm, you know, beating up on myself for has been very important. Um, and then uh, the, the surrendering is great as well. So that journal practice is great. It just kind of gets me into a positive state. Um, and then after that, I usually just do some sort of physical exercise. Um, like I'll go to the gym, I'll lift weights, I'll do something like that. Um, and yeah, that's, those are pretty much like my essentials. So now that we're in, uh, in this Corona world, um, it's been interesting cause I, I feel like I have more time now to experiment with like trying other things. So that's, that's been like a nice little positive, positive, uh, outcome of this whole situation. Wow, such powerful tools. I'm always really interested in routines of um, also spiritual people. And um, yeah, because I think really the routines is what gives us the, the strength to continue with what we're doing and really changes our everyday life into something much, much more positive. And actually my routine looks quite similar to yours. Um, which is interesting. So I also feel like it gives me a lot of power to start my day with and it definitely also has much more positive impacts on me. So everyone listening, I can just really also recommend uh, learning to meditate and journaling. But in these times where we have so, so, so much free time and also you're working partly um, like as a freelancer producing your music and being a DJ, how do you manage to... Uh, stay motivated and how do you manage your day because if I know if you have like so much free time especially also now it's sometimes for some people very hard to get the drive there um, to actually create and not just be on Instagram or watch some Netflix what is your advice on that oh man 
I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice on this because I definitely <laughs> struggle with this like hard. So like just so yeah, so anyone listening out there, like you're not alone if, uh, <laughs> if, if you have these, that issue. Um, I think, I, yeah, I, it's interesting. Like I, I think before I say like some tools that have been effective for me, I just want to say that I think it's really important not to be too hard on yourself when you catch yourself getting distracted or slipping or unmotivated. Um, I know that I sometimes like, I try to hold myself to these like really almost like impossible standards of productivity. Um, or when I was younger, especially, I really tried to do that. And as I've like grown a little bit, I've realized that at the end of the day, like we're human beings and, and we need time to relax. We need time to play. We need time. We, we, sometimes we need to work. Sometimes we need to play. Sometimes we, we do need to just do something super mindless, like scroll through Instagram that seemingly has no purpose, but you know, as long as we're not abusing that and using it as an escape, like they don't, that also something like that also does have the purpose. It's giving us a chance to just turn off our brains. And for some of us, that's just a way of recharging. So I think most importantly, like just try not to, I try not to judge myself too hard, but, um, specifically with like being in a creative field and not having a, uh, like a normal day job where somebody's like forcing me to be somewhere. Um, it is definitely a challenge. And I've found that the days when I can complete my morning routine like well in the right order, right as I wake up, that usually sets the tone for the rest of the day to go really well. And then I'm, I, I'm just, I'm already in the habit of sticking to my habits by having already done my morning routine that then when it comes time to make music, like I'm, I'm less um, likely to get distracted or do something like that compared to, you know, certain days when I wake up and before I even get out of bed, I like already have my phone in my hands and I'm scrolling through Instagram and then like before I know it, 45 minutes have passed and then I'm like in a rush and then I feel stressed out and then those are the days where like things tend to go off the rails more. So I think like really having your morning routine set um, or, or just having the right order of things is really important. Um, there's actually a book, one of my favorite books that I would highly recommend is called Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. And one of, one of the things he talks about is he says, if you're trying to stick to a habit, a really powerful thing you can do is basically create, he calls it a habit stack. So you create something that you do right before the thing that you're trying to do every day, and then a reward that you give yourself afterwards for doing it. So a good example would be like going to the gym, right before I go to the gym, I put on my headphones and I listen to music. And I love music, so it's easy for me to do, that activity is easy to do. And then once I do that, my brain is already primed to know what comes next, which is going to the gym. And then after the gym, I make myself a delicious protein smoothie that just tastes amazing that I've like perfected over like six years. And um, <laughs> that's like a, a reward for my brain. So when I don't want to go to the gym, it's like, well, if you don't go to the gym, then you don't get the shake. So it kind of like helps me do that. Um, and then the last thing I'll just say about music specifically is I am pretty convinced after having made music for about six years, after having done something creative and now doing it full time as my, as my livelihood, that music, the, the idea that um, you need to wait for inspiration to hit um, or you need to wait for the muse to come to bless you and then, then you'll come up with the, the next great song or the next great piece of art or whatever. 
I, that, that definitely like is a, is a real thing in some ways. But what I found is that when I treat it like more like a job, uh, not to make it sound like boring or unsexy, but when I treat it like something that I do every day, because in my, I, I want to be able to look at myself and say, I'm a professional at this. And I, and I show up every day to work the same way that I would show up to any other job. Um, then I find that I'm actually a lot more, more, some days go by where nothing happens and it's really frustrating, but in the long term, like over the course of months or years, I find that I'm a lot more prolific and my music gets a lot better than if I was just waiting around to feel inspired. Um, so I think it's really important to like cultivate some sort of habit of I'm going to do this much work per day on my creative passion or on this craft that I'm working on. And it really doesn't need to be much. Like, I mean, for me, I rarely make music for longer than three hours a day, which might be surprising to some people because they're like, isn't that like your job or whatever? But I just find that after three hours, like I'm creatively tapped out. And if I try to work longer than that, usually I just end up like hurting the song more than helping it. So that's that time is better spent working on like business stuff or going for a walk or just doing anything else. But um, just keeping it a really short period of time where there's no distractions, my phone is turned off, and I just know for these three hours, like I'm locked in, I'm focused, and then afterwards I can just let myself do whatever I want. I found that to be um, much more much more powerful than basically lying to myself and saying, oh yeah, I'm gonna make music for eight hours today, but I'm like checking my phone the whole time and never really engaged. So yeah, that would be, uh, those are a few things. Mm. Yeah, where we come back actually to the routine and I just want to jump back to um, what you said in the beginning that we all have these moments when we just catch ourselves like scrolling endless in the Facebook timeline or on Instagram and not really finding the end there or just ending up watching a stupid movie where afterwards we feel like we've actually wasted our time and I think that happens to all of us and we shouldn't beat ourselves up for that as you said but um, yeah, I think really the routine, as you were mentioning it, really, really helps to get over that and also setting yourself really times for everything. And right when you wake up, maybe try to stick to your fixed routine because the routines are actually what make you successful after a while in whatever you're doing because you have to practice things over a while if it's meditation or if it's becoming practice uh, like a professional in your job um so whatever it is i also try to like set um fixed times for everything i want to do that day write a list like write a to-do list and then also what you said is really such a great idea to reward yourself after that as well um And yeah, I can also, in the creative field, um, it highly resonates with me, just like not overdoing it if nothing is coming anymore, but rather take your creative time for really creating something good and then have it rest for a little bit, but continuously working. And it's probably more successful than just working all day on something, but actually not being full in. How do you see work as like, nine till five jobs or yeah a lot of people are just stuck in jobs where they don't really feel happy with or um yeah where they feel like they're actually really being unproductive or which is not their purpose of life what would you recommend to these people um how can we find our purpose our true calling and 
how can we strive to actually end up there? That's uh, that's a big question. I think I think we're all still answering that. You know, I've never met someone who fully has answered that question. So I think to start, like, just know that is important to know that it's not a it's not like one day you find your purpose and then everything's just like easy after that. You know, I think that it's always changing. And, and I also think it's possible to have more than one purpose in your life, depending on the time of your life that it is and what your priorities are and what your values are. Um, and, and I also would say like the, the, in terms of people working nine to five jobs or people working jobs that they don't necessarily love. Um, I think like bef before even getting into the, the topic of like finding your purpose or your passion, so I think different people have different like fundamental orientations and ways that they look at life. Um, so for example, like I went to business school um, and a lot of my friends who I graduated with, they ended up getting jobs at, at a bank or like as a consultant. And if I honestly talk to them and ask them like, are you passionate about what you do? Nine times out of 10, more than that, like 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they're gonna say no, but they're still happy with their lives because even though they don't love what they're doing for work, it's a it's giving them the money and the resources to enjoy other parts of their lives or to travel or to you know buy nice things because that's that's what makes them happy and so i think for in that case like i have no judgment on that as long as they they're cool with that and they're cool with that making that sacrifice all that time that they're spending doing something that they don't love to get money um as long as they're happy for me i just never like thought about my life that way i always kind of feel like I just want to maximize the amount of time that I'm spending doing stuff that I like and minimize the amount of time that I'm spending doing stuff that I don't like. Um, and same goes for hanging out with people that I like and hanging out with people that I don't like. So that's just my, my own personal philosophy. And in terms of like what I think that means, like uh, there's a Japanese concept called Ikigai that I really love. And basically what it says is, Your ikigai, it translates in English to your reason for being or your, your reason for living. And they say that you can find your ikigai at the intersection of what you're good at, what you love, and what the world needs. So if you can find something that satisfies all three of those things, are you, if you're, what you're good at, what the world, um, what you love, and what the world needs, then in, in that, in that uh, belief, that's a good way to spend your time. That's a good use of your time. And that's kind of how I personally define like a purpose or a, or a passion or, or a mission or whatever you, you want to call it um, for a life. So, you know, I think if, if you're good at something, then you can do it at a high level and you can do it effectively, which is going to make it more likely that it's going to have values to the world. Um, and also being good at something is going to make it more likely that you enjoy doing that thing. Um, and if you enjoy doing something, you're going to be happy. And if it has, a, if, if it's bringing value to the world, then it's bigger than just you. And it's a good use of your time. So I think for me, like, uh, with music, at least at this point in my life, music checks all those boxes. I feel like, um, I still have a lot, a long way to go in terms of how, how good I think I, I could be at it. But I've, I always felt like I had a natural affinity towards it. And I like it enough, I love it enough that 
I'm willing to put in the work and put in, in the, the hours to try to become better at it. And I do genuinely feel that if I can make good music that positively affects people, then that's a good thing to be bringing into the world. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, and again, like I think it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something to be considered importantly and uh, to be taken seriously and, and is important. But I also think it's important to remember that like we are never the same per- like we're not the same person that we were yesterday and we won't be the same person tomorrow. And with all of the changes that we go through, like our purpose and our passions will also change. Yeah, it's so cool. You also stress that it doesn't always have to be the same or it can be different things at the same time. Um, I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on them that they have to find that one thing that is staying from beginning to ending in their life and uh, will fulfill them on the highest level. But I also completely agree that this maybe can change for you or um, yeah, for some people, a nine to five job, as you said, is absolutely perfect because it's all um, they want from their life. So, and that's completely fine. Um, yeah, but I find it very beautiful that you for yourself found exactly the passion that yeah, fulfills you, um, that you're good at and that helps the world. So um, since when has music um, been pl played that role in your life? Yeah, thanks. I mean, music, I've always loved music um, and I've always, well, not always, but since I was very young, I've always felt like I had a, like a good ear for it and, and I was interested in it. Um, and I And I always knew how important it was to the world because just for, for me personally, there's nothing in my life and like there's just never been anything in my life that isn't like another human being that can have such an such an immediate and strong impact on my mood, on my emotional state, on my well-being than music. I mean, it's just like the most miraculous thing in the world. Like it, there really is nothing like it. Um, and so so I, I kind of knew all that. I did. I didn't know for a long time that it was possible to do it as a career, um, because it is in many ways like a, a difficult career, and it's not. Um, it's not. There isn't like a formula that you can follow to to ensure that you'll be successful. Like a lot of it, it comes down to, um, you know, being prepared, being in the right place at the right time, and so, I think for me. Um, I, I, it's a constant, uh, it's a constant discovering of why I'm making music and it's a constant questioning of myself. You know, when I started making music, uh, professionally, like as a living a couple of years ago, um, I, I went into it thinking that like when I quit my job, my, my day job, I was just like, okay, like this is it. I'm just going to be happy forever. Like I'm finally following my passion. Like it's kind of like what you read in like Instagram quotes or whatever, or you hear about all the time. And the reality was very different. I mean, it actually was really stressful. And I went through a lot of doubts about, am I really good enough to do this? Do I really enjoy it enough to do it? Because no matter what you decide is your passion or what you decide to pursue, everything is going to have um, stuff involved with it that you don't like. Everything's going to come with its own unique form of stress and, and challenges. And I think it's almost as important to pick the thing to pick the thing that has the challenges that you can deal with the best as it is to pick the thing that you love the best. Like, mm -hmm. so, um, I think for me, I, I just day, day by day, I'm just constantly discovering like how much I love music, how much I'm willing to sacrifice other areas of my life, you know, whether financial or 
uh, time with friends or whatever to focus on music and um, and also being open to knowing that if a day comes when I'm not willing to make those sacrifices, like kind of like what you were saying earlier about not feeling like you need to have this one thing from beginning to end, you know, if a day comes where something else becomes more important, that I'm open-minded enough to like walk away from it and be, and be cool with that and not be uh, too attached to that as my identity. What exactly is it that gives you the drive to um, continue even though you have the sacrifices? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I think at work ethic is like really fascinating to me um, because I grew up in a family, uh, I grew up with two very driven parents um, in, in both in their own ways. Um, my mom raised us and uh, was just like a extremely hardworking person and my father was working and he's also just like very ambitious and hardworking and um in some ways like growing up i kind of felt like i was like lazy a lot of the time um and i think partially it just might be because uh i was like privileged in many ways and so um i didn't necessarily need to work that hard in certain ways and and especially in school like i felt like sometimes like i would just understand things easily and i wouldn't need to put in the same effort so as I was growing up, and especially as I started getting into music and realizing how much work it, it takes to actually like uh, do it professionally, um, and even now, like looking ahead, how much work is in front of me, um, <clears throat> I think like work, my, my personal work ethic is motivated by a lot of things, and some of them are probably more <laughs> noble than others. Um, I think on the more noble end, what I would, what I would love to say is like that the fact that certain songs have touched me so deeply and have taken me out of really dark places in my life and restored a sense of hope and restored a sense of love and, and uh, positivity in my life. If I can do that for somebody else with something that I created, I like to me, there's like no better use of my time. Like while I'm alive on this earth, than like if I can, if I can create something that does that for someone else. Um, and even, even as a DJ with dance music, you know, like, Sometimes, like, dance music, it's people associate it with, like, a party environment or whatever. But, I, I mean, I, I've seen and experienced firsthand, like, how good dance music or a good environment or a good vibe can help somebody um, really process something that they're going through in their life. And not to say that it's an escape, but it can be, uh, it can be a, a way of emotionally uplifting someone and giving them a different perspective. So that's, that's like, the... the uh, most politically correct and, and honest answer. But I think another part of it for me definitely is uh, I do have a strong desire to prove myself um, in ways where maybe as a child or growing up, I wasn't necessarily acknowledged in ways that I needed or wanted. Um, and I wasn't made to feel like I was worthy of certain things. And, um, you know, this is not like a knock against my parents or anything. I, I love my parents and they did a great job raising me, but you know, no parents are perfect. And, and even if your parents were perfect, you're going to have situations growing up where, um, you don't feel like you're enough. And I certainly had quite a few of those in different scenarios. And I think that really has, um, affected my personality and made me the type of person that really wants to achieve and show people that. I can do something and that I can do something worthwhile. And um, I say that, like, I, I just want to be really honest about that because I feel like maybe that's something that maybe doesn't get talked about as often. Um, but if I can be really vulnerable, like, that is a, a, a huge driving factor in my, in my work ethic and my drive. And 
I don't think that if that's the only thing driving you, I think it's kind of unhealthy and, and can be kind of toxic because you'll never be, you'll never uh, achieve enough. But I think being aware of that is also important. Um, and so, yeah, so I think, I think there's a lot of things that are in, influencing my drive um, from a lot of different areas. Yeah, I think we all probably struggle with the feeling of not being enough or not being worthy enough or something. Because as you said, like growing up, parents can't do everything right. And I think, uh, let's say 99.9% probably struggle with that same problem. And I think we have really two uh, solutions or like two ways to react to that. One is giving in and being scared and yeah resonating on not being enough and the other thing is really going out there being vulnerable uh, about it and talking about it and trying to become the best version of yourself and yeah it's so incredible what a drive that can develop that leads you to continue with your music so um, I think that's a really really beautiful solution for that and then also obviously doing it out of her um, yeah very social um, behavior in terms of wanting to touch people deeply with music, which definitely is happening because music, in my opinion, is um, such a deep, deep and good tool to really create a mood or improve a mood and touch people deep from the inside and help with emotions. Um, so what kind of message do you want to bring with your music? What is your music transporting out there? For me, um, <clears throat> I think the biggest the biggest thing that I'm trying to deliver with my music is a sense of inclusiveness amongst people that don't look like each other or don't come from the same place or maybe don't understand each other or are judging each other um, for, for their differences. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, my, my parents are Indian and I'm, I was born in America, but I grew up in China and Switzerland and um, a, a bunch of different countries. And I was always going to different international schools. So at a very young age, I was just exposed to a lot of different cultures. And it was at the time it was, I just thought it was normal. Like I just thought every kid was had that because I was so young. Like I didn't understand that there's some kids that just like grow up in one place um and then you know when i moved to america i i went joined a school that was very homogenous like it was all kids that had grown up and had like never left that town and i really saw how easy it is for people to um feel like those people over there are different or that style of music over there is different or i can't dance to that or i don't like this and the, and just kind of stay in their comfort zone And um, I think like having that early experience really made me passionate about like always trying to find the commonalities in things that on the surface look completely different um, and look totally different and look like they would never be related and trying to make those things hold hands in some way. Um, <clears throat> whether that's like people, like introducing different people to different people or even like using myself and putting myself in situations that make me uncomfortable. So relating that to my music when i'm creating dance music i'm always trying to incorporate elements and themes and different um cultural you know textures from different places all over the world different cultures um i use a lot of indian um influences in my music because i grew up with a lot of indian music in my household 
but uh, all, everything from Brazil, baile funk music to reggaeton to dancehall to house music to techno, hip hop, dancehall, like everything. And I really just try to mash it all up in a way where it's accessible for people um, without uh, without degra- without degrading the originality of each of the different styles that I'm using. So <clears throat> what I'm really trying to, that, that's what I'm trying to do like at an aesthetic level with my music. Like I want someone to be able to come to a show that I'm DJing and hear something and have a great time, but also hear something and then go home and be like, wow, like what was that instrument? I've never heard that before. And maybe Google it and try to find it out. And then, then maybe they discover like, oh, this is a flute that comes from this part of Japan. And, and now this person is just like expanding their knowledge of the world all because they heard an instrument packaged in a cool way in a song at a concert. So that's really like my, my big, uh, my big goal as an artist is just to create dance music that brings different sections of the globe together. Um, in this container where people can relate to each other on their similarities rather than uh, alienate from each other on their differences. Yeah, and music is the best tool probably for doing that. And especially I think electronic music is such a good good tool for that. That's why I love techno and um, other electronic music so much because I feel like this, it's a universal language that everyone can understand and it has such a um, simple beat that everyone can dance to. You don't need to learn a dance style, but everyone can just move so freely that it really has no borders and it unites people all around the world. So yeah, that is such a good opportunity also um, to fight uh, xenophobia, for example, I think, especially of you including all these different elements where probably people can learn from or relate to uh, wherever on the, from the world it should come from. Totally. Yeah. I actually never really thought about, um, you're so right about techno. Like I have to say, um, <laughs> you've like kind of turned me into more of a techno fan to be honest, but I, <laughs> like I wasn't a huge techno fan for a long time. And, and now like I'm starting to get a lot more into it. And I, I have to say like when I go to techno shows, specifically techno shows all over the world, it's just amazing how it really is so universal. Um, and I think to, to your point, dance music in general. Um, but yeah, there's something about techno. <laughs> <laughs> good. I had such a good impact on you. I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I guess you're gonna continue your calling for the moment for a little while further and produce amazing music where that moves people all around the world. Um, so where do you see yourself in, let's say, um, five years? What's your next goals? What's on your bucket list? Where do you want to be? It's a, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, whatever I say, I will say with a grain of salt because I also try to be, I'm trying to be present to the moment and uh, not, um, not have too, any crazy expectations one way or the other because life is so unpredictable yeah, <laughs> uh, as, we as we're experiencing <laughs> in real time right now. But I think definitely in five years, I would love to be playing bigger festivals and bigger stages and be at a point where my music is reaching a, a much bigger audience globally. Um, I've always said half jokingly, half not that I would love to play a sh uh, slot at Coachella. Um, and right before I get right before I start my set, I want to lead the entire crowd of like, whatever it is, like 40,000 people through like a 10 minute guided meditation and then just start a DJ set. 
because I feel like no one has ever done that. And that would just be a combination of my two favorite things. And now that I've said it out in public, hopefully nobody steals it before I get to that point. But I would love to do, uh, I'd love to do that. That sounds like the perfect combination. And um, I was actually hoping you get more into techno. So I see you play your first gig in Berghain. <laughs> That's what I hope to see you in five years. And I will definitely be front, front row and cheering up. <laughs> Amazing. I'll probably need your help getting in. So. <laughs> I am always offering myself to techno help <laughs> and techno advice. <laughs> Um, what is something you're working on on yourself on not like a music level but on your personal development level where you want to go to what's um, what you want to achieve I think for me the uh, my, my other passion in life which I'm really just as passionate about as I am about music is just deepening deepening more and more into the stillness of what I really am. Um, and I know that, that might sound kind of uh, like mysterious, but really what I mean by that is just um, meditation is, is a huge passion of mine. Um, it's not easy. I don't necessarily really enjoy doing it, but the benefits that I get from it um, and the constant reminder that I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my emotions, I'm not the identity that I'm trying so hard to protect, um, or the identity that I'm trying so hard to create by being a successful art, musical artist or whatever it is. Um, that's a constant process for me that I think will, will go on for my whole life. And um, just like really relaxing more and more into the present moment and just accepting more and more what is and letting go um, into, into, into the present moment in a way where I can, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm working or I'm relaxing or I'm doing an interview or I'm making music or whatever it is, I can do it from a place of just joy of existence and in love and not from a contracted place of trying to get something or, or trying to make something happen. Um, and I think for me as like an ambitious person who um, can get very stressed out very easily, it's just really important to do that. And, and that's, that's what I'm always, always, always working on. Um, every, every moment of the day really is, is an opportunity to practice um, acceptance and love and joy um, in a way where it's stable and it's not dependent on anything out there going one way or the other. So for me, that's, that's uh, in some ways the most important thing to be working on uh, even more so than anything else just because uh, it, it helps to just you just it allows you to live more with with joy and acceptance for whatever happens yeah it uh, sounds so simple just be yourself and find yourself but I guess it's the, <laughs> one of the hardest thing to achieve in life and probably a lifelong learning session but yeah <laughs> we 100%, can 100 yeah I know it's like the simplest and hardest advice yeah but i mean the journey is the path it sounds really cheesy but um i guess it's just something we constantly have to remind ourselves of and yeah constantly keep on working on because maybe it would even be boring if we already be there in the early state of mind and then just like be there 
So oh, totally. sometimes I'm thinking already the journey is so exciting that brings us there and like lets us discover all our different shadow parts and everything. So maybe um, that's the way it's supposed to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, like, what? yeah, exactly. Like, what would there be to do if, uh, if we didn't have something to fix, you know? <laughs> so I think that's really important. Quarantine in your own holy self. <laughs> So uh, you were already saying it in the beginning a little bit that uh, meditation and not getting into the fear is one of the most important things that we can do for our health at the moment. But um, yeah, in these crazy times, is there any other thing that you can um, yeah, recommend for better health? I know that, for example, um, you have a quite a uh, yeah, special diet that you follow for your health. Um, Could you tell anything more about that or what else keeps us healthy in these times? Yeah. Um, so I, I hesitate to uh, suggest a diet just because I feel like that's such a loaded topic. Like everybody just has like, there's so many diets and there's so many opinions and, you know, people very easily, uh, people feel very strongly about their diet. So um, I, I won't I won't recommend anything in particular. I, I will say that um, I personally have, experimented with veganism, but more so for ethical reasons, not so much for health reasons. But uh, one thing that I can say about eating is I've been practicing intermittent fasting for like the last two years. And essentially, like there are a lot of different ways to do it. But basically, all it means for me is I just skip breakfast. So I eat all my meals in an eight hour window, usually from noon until 8pm. So I'll have, I'll, I'll wake up, I'll do some work. I'll do my morning routine, meditate. I work out fasted, which um, if you've never done it, might sound really terrifying and sound like <laughs> you would pass out. But I assure you that um, it might, might be tough the first couple times. But once your body gets used to it, it actually is feels amazing. And um, there's actually been some research done that was showing uh, – there was a study I was reading actually like a week ago that was saying that when you work out fasted um, – your like muscle your, your cells and your muscles are basically like running just on pure fat so you end up burning more fat because there's no glucose in, in your system from food that you didn't eat uh to help with your workout so you burn a lot more fat when you work out fasted and then when you eat um because you're eating at a smaller window you end up generally end up consuming a few let a few less calories than you would otherwise if you're eating three meals um, and, uh, there's just like a lot of health benefits to fasting. And, and I know from just personal experience that it's been really great for me. And it's also helps me focus in the, in the middle, the first part of the day, because I, I don't have any food in my system. I'm just like a lot more sharp. Um, I'm not thinking about food. I'm not constantly snacking. Like I just know, okay, I'm going to eat at noon, but until then I'm not eating. So fasting for me has been, has been a game changer, um, both mentally and physically. Um, And uh, one other thing that I can I can recommend that I really enjoy doing, uh, well, I don't enjoy it, but I enjoy the, the benefits, is uh, cold showers. So I don't take the whole shower cold because that's just too hard for me to do. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take Especially a cold shower. Especially in New York, like, New York winters. <laughs> soap and shampoo, and shampoo and everything. And then at the end, when I'm done showering, I'll just turn it freezing cold and I'll take 30 deep breaths like in, in that cold water standing up. And then as soon as I finish my breaths, I'm done and it sucks. It doesn't get any easier. It's like every time it's really hard, but 
after you do it, you feel like you've had like four coffees, like without any jitters and you're just like totally <laughs> awake. And, um, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. I actually do exactly the same in the shower, but I oh, have nice. to say it's really nice and refreshing, but I have the coffee on top <laughs> loaded with energy in the morning then. <laughs> Oh yeah. my God, yeah, I might have to get on that level. Uh, I work as a barista as well, so I kind of have to, you know. <laughs> right, right. It's got to be on brand. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying again that individual uh, diets are so individual because that's what I'm stressing in all my single podcasts where it's somehow related to food that you will really have to find your own way of eating because everybody is different and every one of us has such different needs. Um, but of course, I mean... Um, Processed foods are not healthy for anyone and going to a more plant-based diet is generally more healthy like for everyone no matter what kind of diet you're doing if it's with meat without meat uh, fasting or not or whatever yeah but in the end you will really have to find your own flow there and find what your body needs and yeah just tune in with yourself and be into it intuitive of what's good for you so thanks for stressing that again and also sharing your routines about fasting. Um, yeah, so I always have two little last questions for all my interview guests. Um, as my podcast is called Pure Happy Healthy. So what does a pure, happy, healthy life mean personally for you? Oh, man, um, I love that. Those three words in that order. It's, it's great. Um, for me... You're happy, healthy. I think for me, I guess the maybe all the way I'll answer that is when do I feel the most pure, happy, and healthy? And for me personally, the moments that I feel the most pure, the most happy, and the most healthy are, and it may sound a bit cliche, but it's really when I'm so engaged in what's happening right now in this moment that. I just can't be bothered to be regretting anything in the past or worrying about anything in the future. I think the over, over living too much in the past and living too much in the future really are like the thieves of joy. Like they really are what rob your ability to be happy. And in turn, they, they also rob your ability to be healthy in the moment because generally The, the, the feeling of craving like an unhealthy food or the feeling of craving wanting to do something unhealthy like you know take like a drug or something it really comes from a feeling of wanting to escape the present moment but if you're just engaged in the present moment then generally those unhealthy impulses don't come up as much um, and the same you know and then I would just relate that to purity as well I think like keeping your mind pure keeping your body pure it's all about being so in love with the, your life in this moment that Of course, you wouldn't do anything to um, to hurt yourself because you're just so in love with the process of being you, and you want to you want to honor that by by keeping yourself healthy and happy and pure. So that would be yeah, I think that's how I would I would define it. Such a beautiful answer, thank you. And then you were already mentioning a few of them, but I ask you again: um, What is a book or a podcast or a movie or any other media that has highly influenced you and was kind of like a game changer for you? Um, I read a book at the end of last year called "Letting Go," 
and it's by a guy named David R. Hawkins. Um, he also has another one called Power Versus Force, which is also very good. And that book, I, I read a lot of books, um, and I, I wouldn't say that I don't get much value out of them, but I think it's just because I read so many books that at this point it's very rare for me to read one book and really be like blown away because a lot of, a lot of them are saying the same things. And oftentimes I'm just reading to reinforce things that I already know, but (laughs) letting go that book is like the closest thing to just going on like a meditation retreat without going on a meditation retreat. If you could like distill that, (laughs) the lessons you would get from meditating alone for 10 days um, into a book, I think that would be that book. It's just, uh, it's all about, how to purify yourself um, of negative emotions, how to let go of negative emotions, how to let go of regret and worry and the past and the future. Uh, everything I was talking about in the, in the last um, answer to the last question. Um, and he also describes different levels of consciousness and how our life changes when we decide to change what level of consciousness that we're operating from. Um, and you know, the bottom of that, you know, shame and top of that scale is, is love. Um, so without giving like the whole book away, I I would just highly recommend that book and say that as somebody who reads a lot of books and a a lot of like, you know, personal development books or whatever, um, letting go for me was definitely a game changer in terms of how I look at things. And also in terms of just taking radical responsibility for how I'm showing up in life and not making excuses. Yeah, that uh, relates really well to the beginning of our conversations, especially in these times maybe of uh, learning how to let go of fear and just letting it be the situation and embrace it. So maybe that might be the perfect book for the quarantine times at the moment. So I will definitely link that in the show notes. And then, of course, I will also link you in the show notes um, for everyone to check out your beautiful music and Yeah, to maybe get in touch with you if they want to find out more. So I'll link all your social media accounts. Um, Is there anything else that is left to say that you will get, uh, want to get the world to hear from you? Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, Leandro. This is really a joy. And um, yeah, I just, I love what you're putting out there and I love the energy of this conversation. And, um, I think you're doing great work, so please keep it up. And um, I'm going to be right here spreading the word. Yeah, I'm doing this because I get to talk with amazing people like you. Thank you likewise for this beautiful conversations. This is just so empowering, not only for me, but for everyone who's listening, hopefully. And yeah, it was a pleasure having you on my show. Keep up your work as well. I'm so excited to hear from you. And Uh, see you where you are in five years in the end <laughs> and yeah so I hope you all enjoyed that episode and this beautiful conversations as much as I did and yeah leave me a comment get in touch with Ashish or with me also through Instagram and yeah share your thoughts and share this episode with someone who could might need this and until then I'm sending you much love see you next time <laughs>